Welcome to the porch. I'm Richard Grun. This is where we get back to basics, the red letter basic, by examining the Word of God and especially the example of the Book of Acts Church to see how the early church served the Lord. By delving deeper into Scripture, we find the church the Lord intended and not the one that man created. The porch has always been about restoring the priesthood of the believer and regaining the world-shaking influence that the early church had. The church age is still in effect. The day of Pentecost is on going the fire of the upper room still burns if you have any questions go to firefalltalkradio.com use the contact button or you can write us directly at the porch lowercase one word at firefalltalkradio.com if you'd like to support us there are ways to do so go to the firefall talk radio homepage. we appreciate your support and encouragement welcome to all of our listeners from the various streaming platforms remember we can always be found on apple podcast google Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Welcome. Glad you're with us here on Firefall Talk Radio on the Porch. That show for our means. Gather up. Let's get ready. It's going to be the community part of the porch. If you don't want to be a part of that, go to the sound of the second shofar. That'll take you right into the Bible study. Um, if you are not a part of a community and you want to be a part, join us. Send in praise reports, prayer requests. There's a uh, place on Facebook if you're still on there to meet. There's a messenger group. Plug in. There are people all over the world that are plugged in. We are a community of believers that are taking advantage of the digital technology to band together to pray for one another and encourage and edify one another. We always start out with praise reports and prayer requests. I always do that. I have since we had the home church in Tallahassee. I'm I'm never going to change that. I will not enter his presence, no matter what, without praising him. So I do. I praise him for my salvation. I praise him for my home, my wife, my family, sons, daughter-in-laws, our grandson, our furry kids. Everything I have is from him. I praise him for his provision and protection, for the dreams and the visions. Living out Joel 2.28, they have picked up in frequency and intensity of late. I praise him for his healing virtues and divine health. Everybody's got their problems. I've had mine, um, but my faith is in him. I know he's given us doctors, and I know he's given us ways to take care of ourselves, but ultimately my faith is in him, and I always go to him and praise him for my health. Praise him for his favor, for the revelation of the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life, that I have become a new creation since 1988, and he has allowed me to live in these prophetic times. I know that there are people that do not believe that we are in the end times. And what I say to that is you're not paying attention. So let's pray. Go to Psalm 122, verse 6. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. I do. I pray for them. Pray for my Jewish brothers and sisters. I pray for their leadership, just like I pray for the leadership in America. Um... Boy, do I pray for them. 
We need, we need better leaders on every level. I'm praying for America. I'm praying that we endure his chastening, because that's where we are, no matter what the ear ticklers tell you, and that we will come out the other side of this, whether here or in his presence, because of his grace. I'm praying for all the people around the world that are being victimized by their leadership. I pray for the fatherless and the widows, the persecuted and the martyred, the innocents both in and out of the womb, and those that are victims of injustice. I pray against the slaughter of the innocents and those that have suffered because of it, like the Texas shooting. I'm not going to go into tremendous detail. This is not the place. Um, But this Bible study is based upon it. I pray for missing and exploited children, the victims of sex trafficking, human trafficking. You know, the only thing I will say is that people all over the world are outraged, as well they should be, for the death of those children in Texas, but it doesn't bother them. For the millions of children that have been murdered in the womb, hacked apart, sold for profit, their body parts sold in some macabre demonic ritual. We should wail and weep for all of them. I pray for our brothers and sisters around the world being slaughtered and persecuted for their faith. I get the emails from Voice of the Martyrs and Open Doors USA, and and it's just heart-rendering. The religious persecution, the anti-Semitism, the evidence to me that the spirit of the Antichrist is out and about and getting ready to throw his party. I pray for divine wholeness, health, and healing as we get back to our divine design. If you're he- if you need healing, believe. You know, part of faith is you keep believing. And if it doesn't happen today, it'll happen tomorrow. And if it doesn't happen then, it'll happen the next day. You are a moment away from a miracle. I pray that we would wake up that more of the remnant would wake up and answer the call to action, that they would be inspired by the fire of the Holy Spirit. Keep praying every day and believing for the projects and the plans and everything the Lord has given us to begin, for the kingdom finances to flow, for kingdom business, not building our kingdom, but building His. And part of that is for our lost family members. I pray for them each and every day. You should be praying for yours. The only other um, prayer request I have is from Kim in Fort Mitchell. She has an unspoken prayer request for her and her family. Father, I come to you now in the name of Yeshua, the name above all names. First of all, to tell you I love you. We love you. We are your sons and your daughters. We thank you. We thank you for forgiving us for watching over us, for loving us, even when we were unlovable. We thank you for Yeshua, for the blood, for the cross. We thank you for sending him to pay our debts, because you knew we would never be able to do it. Man is incapable. So it took the only begotten Son of God to do that. But Lord, we are so glad that you are alive. 
You are a risen Savior. We sit with you at the right hand of the Father because you sit in the heavenly places with him. We thank you for the peace and the comfort that you give us, the guidance, the presence of the Holy Spirit to encourage us, edify us, and teach us. So, Holy Spirit, have your way tonight. First of all, we pray blessing and protection upon the technology, upon each and every one of us. We pray that your will would be done, eyes would be opened, hearts would receive. Lord, we need you. We need you now more than ever, and probably not as much as we're going to need you tomorrow. But Holy Spirit, let his will through you be done in Yeshua's name. If you agree with me, say amen. Lessons are proprietary information, except where noted the information comes from outside sources. Combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. You know, last week I used a scripture that keeps coming to mind, and this week over the events um, came to mind again, First Peter 3.15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you for a reason for the, a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. You should be ready, always ready to explain why you have hope. Sanctification means to separate from a profane purpose to a sacred purpose. So it is a sacred purpose for you to be able to do this. You see, your life is no longer yours. If you claim him as Lord and Savior, if you believe that he has written your name in the Lamb's Book of Life, then you should understand he did it with his blood. He paid for it. Now, you're allowed to live it. You're allowed to make your choices, but the fact is, once you made him Lord of your life, it belonged to him. But there's another unfortunate aspect of that. We still live in a fallen world, and in a fallen world, bad things happen. This is not our home, and even though we believe in love and serve the God of all creation, mankind serves another God the God of this world. Now, we can get upset when bad things happen. We can rant. We can rave. We can seek natural answers for them. But ultimately, the solutions are not natural. The natural solutions are not working. And right now, everybody's clamoring and crying out for laws to protect the children. Like I said, the same laws that they also want to be able to hack them into pieces up to, including, and after birth. The hypocrisy of that is kind of overwhelming. But there are no natural answers to what we're seeing right now. First of all, evil doesn't obey laws, not even God's. The criminally insane 
They're going to do what they're going to do no matter what to satisfy that impulse or that urge. But when bad things happen, people need hope. And as I pondered what to talk to you tonight about, I thought about warfare. I thought about what you do. How do you get ready? But I thought, you know what? There will be time for that. Right now, people need hope. Interestingly enough, that's what last week was about. It was about hope. The Holy Spirit, he knew. He knew what we were going to need. He knows what we need. The Lord knows the end from the beginning. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. If anybody tells you he doesn't know everything that's going to happen, walk away from them. They don't know the Word and they don't know Him. But at a time like this, people want to be hopeful, not hopeless. And they need help. That's why you need to be able to give a a defense. You need to be ready to give a, a defense of why you have hope and why you believe. Psalm 119.74 says, Those who fear you will be glad when they see me, because I have hoped in your word. Our hope is in the Lord. You know, there's that song, Our hope is in the Lord. He's the maker of heaven and earth. No, I wasn't going to sing. You probably thought that I might try to sing. No, I didn't do that. I won't do that. Because it would be a joyful noise. Key on the word noise. But that's where my hope is. No matter how bad things get, no matter what's going on, you, you want to respond in the flesh. You want to respond in the natural, but there is no natural response. Jeremiah seventeen seven. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. When things get dark, people want to know that there is or that there will be light. Isaiah 9, 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Upon them a light, capital L, has shined. Where is that light coming from? Glad you asked. Matthew 5, starting with verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Let your light so shine. Part of the reason I believe there's so much darkness and so much evil in the world is not because of Hasatan, Satan, and the the fallen and the kingdom of darkness, though they are the instigators. No, I believe that there's so much darkness right now because there's not enough light. The church has abdicated its position as light bearers. But we as believers do not have a natural inherent light. We have reflective light. And as we behold the glory of the Lord, we reflect it. We absorb it. It emanates through us. Therefore, we meet, we need Ooh, we need 
to make sure that nothing comes between us and the Lord's light. 2 Corinthians 3.18 But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, His image, from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. We know that when Moses went up to Mount Sinai, he absorbed so much of the glory of God that when he came down, he radiated that glory, and people couldn't look at him, so he had to cover his face. We mirror his glory. How are you going to do that if you spend no time in his presence? How are you going to do that when what you reflect is the world? You can't. That's why I say it's our fault that there's so much darkness in the world. The that quality that the disciples had drew people to them. People wanted to be around that. Isaiah 60, starting verse 1, a scripture I, I like to use a lot because I believe it. Arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you. His glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and the kings and kings to the brightness of your rising. That's why the documentary The Deep Darkness bothers me so much that I've been unable to finish it. I've been unable for whatever reason for the finances to come in. And, you know, you could say, well, that's the Lord. Well, I do know for a fact that somebody was supposed to do it. And then through fear and recriminations from others, chose not to. So I keep believing it'll be get, be done. But the deep darkness we're seeing right now has to be exposed. That's why I ask you every week, pray with me. Believe with me to get the money to finish this documentary and the ones behind it. To keep shining the light into the darkness. To keep showing the people, hey, there's a predator out there. And this is what he is. This is what he looks like. And this is what he will do. But you, you have got the power. You have got the anointing. You have got the authority to do something about it. During these times, we have to shine. Philippians 2.15, that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked, perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, so that you may prove yourselves to be blameless and guileless and innocent and uncontaminated children of God without blemish, in the midst of a morally crooked and spiritually perverted generation, among whom you are seen as bright lights, beacons shining out clearly in the world of darkness. Beacons of darkness. Beacons in a dark world. You should want to be seen. You shouldn't be hiding. You shouldn't be afraid. Now, we're not talking about physical lights. You should know that by now. We're not talking about the Genesis 1 of, 
you know, let there be light, and there was light, and he divided it between day and night. No, 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 we're not talking that kind of light. We're talking the concept of light and darkness from a spiritual perspective because you're spiritual beings. But there is a... um, What's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. What word are you looking for, Richard? There's an aspect of this. There's a there's kind of a way out. See, you don't have to light all the world. You don't have to be this giant halogen lamp. You just have to light your area. That's all you have to light. You have to be a lamp unto the feet. That scripture that the word is a lamp unto our feet means you hold that lamp down there so you can see step by step you as the light of the world, as the light of his glory, as the reflective nature of him to others. You just have to light your area of influence. Second Corinthians 4, starting verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God, not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of Adonai Yeshua, Lord Jesus, that the life of Yeshua also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Yeshua's sake, that the life of Yeshua also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. That word manifest means brilliantly seen. What are you manifesting? If, you, if you're on social media, and I went to your social media page, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, wherever, what would I see? What are you manifesting? What are you showing the world? What light are you reflecting? Are you reflecting his light and his glory? Are you reflecting the world? For some of you, since I follow you, I can answer that question. But that's not my job because your free will allows you to do what you want. But the catch is we accomplish more by our shine, by our his presence in us by our actions than by our words. Boy, have I met a lot of people with the right words and the wrong actions. Enough to fill a lifetime. But we have to live by his spirit shining through us. I'm seeing a lot of uh, discourse on social media, <clears throat> excuse me, right now about what went on in Texas. I'm not seeing a lot of hope, I'm not seeing a lot of light. I'm seeing a lot of people that have opinions, and everybody has the right to their opinion. I've always believed everybody has a right to be wrong. But it's not my opinion that changes your life. It's not my opinion that changes anything. It's His. It's His Word. It's His presence. We have a precious treasure, which is the good news of salvation, the good news of Him in these unworthy earthen vessels, things of human frailty. These, boy, can I tell you, this is not the body that I will have when he gives me my glorified body. I, for one, will be very thankful for that body. But it is in this body 
this flawed personality, that I have a treasure so great that is beyond measure, and that treasure is the message. That's the thing of value we have to offer. We have no solutions. We have no answers. I see so many people that believe that have the answers. Really what they have is a desire to hear themselves speak because they have no answers. Hebrews 13, 14 tells me that this world is not our permanent home. We're looking forward to a home yet to come. We spend too much time trying to make this home better. When in actuality, it's temporary. We have a permanent home yet to be seen. And that's what we should be telling people. I, I cannot even imagine the parents of those children in Texas. And, and any other major tragedy, not just that one. That you get up one morning and your children go to school, your husband goes to work, your wife goes to the gym, whatever. And they don't come home. And the numbers are always dramatic, but in actuality, it's one person that suffers at a time. We send people off to war, they don't come home. Police, law enforcement go to work, they don't come home. That's why we should be yearning for the new home. That's why we should be yearning for the Lord's return. We shouldn't be acting so ignorant, spiritually ignorant, that we don't expect it, we don't look for it, we don't believe it. We, through the light that is in our hearts, shine. We give hope, we give love, we give compassion. People don't need to hear you talk, they just may need you to listen. They may need you to hug, hold them, encourage them, tell them, Keep the faith. It will get better. Other people will find their way to God through the light that we shine. But to do that, we have to be filled with the Spirit. And to do that, we must be born again. Born from above. Not just a religious experience. You must be born again. I know I've talked about this, but I haven't mentioned it lately. There was a period of time here on the porch over the course of a month. We were hitting multiple figures, thousands. But then the message changed. The message got a little laser-like. You must be born again. Numbers dropped. Started to deal with sin and behavior. Numbers dropped. And the minute we got to the book of Acts, transformation, the cross, the blood, sin, the minute we got back to the gospel message that the disciples offered, we got to the numbers we're at right now. I'm not an ear tickler. I never was. I never will be. In many ways, I am a product of my mentor, Master Shelley. He was not an ear tickler. 
but we have to tell the truth. And I will always tell the truth, and I will tell it in love. I will never judge you. I will never condemn you. That's not my place. But here's what the Lord said in John chapter 3. Red letters, first starting with verse 20 and verse 21. For everyone practicing evil hates the light, does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they've been done in God. I I think a lot of believers, they love him. They've, They've prayed the prayer of salvation. They try to live for him, but they're afraid to live in the light. If that's you, I pray for you right now. I pray that the Holy Spirit would show you how to do it. Had to let go of the fear of the world, the fear of rejection, and live live for the fact that somebody you meet today, tomorrow, the next day, is on a straight road to the lake of fire. And because you risked it all to shine his light, you divert their path, and they spend it in eternity with the Lord. You know, when I, when I first got saved and I was young and didn't have any experience, didn't know enough word to get arrested. I've told you, I, 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 my Bible went with me everywhere. I had index cards, if you remember what those were, inside of my Bible with key scriptures that I could reach to at any moment because I didn't have it memorized. It wasn't in me yet. But I, I always believed sharing with Larry, my first encounter with the Lord was when I was 12 years old at a ranch camp in upstate New York run by a Baptist preacher, which my mother did not know when she sent me there. And every day we had chapel, and when we would, uh, you know, go to campfires and the camp counselor, whoever's in charge of my cabin, this guy's name was Bob. He was a former Army chaplain. Nice guy, sweet, gentle spirit. We were sitting around the campfire, and it was wonderful. And, you know, I'm a kid from New York. I'm a New York Italian. I'd never experienced it. It was wonderful. And he began to talk about the Lord, but he began to talk about him in a personal, intimate way that I had never heard before. I'm feeling those emotions right now that I felt when I was 12. His words were doing something to my heart. And I began to cry. I began to sob. And I'm trying to see him, and I'm trying to see everybody. We have this really nice little bonfire there. Now, what I'm about to tell you is not influenced by anyone. But at that moment, through my tears, in that fire, in that light, I saw the Lord. I saw him standing there. I saw him looking directly at me. And Bob knew something had happened. So he sent the rest of the cabin back with somebody else. And he asked me what happened, and I told him. And he said, 
I still remember he said, I knew you were having an experience with, with Jesus. And he began to talk to me, and he began to explain to me about being born again. But I was, I was a dyed-in-the-wool New York Italian Catholic. But I knew what he was telling me the truth. But it would be another 20 years before the light that I saw that night, the light that came out of him and the seeds that he planted would come to fruition. What if he hadn't done that? What if he had just sent me back to the cabin? What if he had just ignored that moment? I I don't know. I believe the Lord would have done it anyway, but he didn't let that happen. See, light exposes darkness. In the beginning was the Word. The Word is Yeshua. And the Word was with God. He already existed, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. He was preexistent. God created everything through him. Nothing was created. Nothing was made except through him. And the Word gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness darkness can never extinguish it. Because God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. But John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to the light. The one who's the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Jesus of Nazareth, Yeshua, Hamashiach, Jesus, the Messiah. The one I knew about but had never met. I'd heard about him but didn't know him personally. Who appeared to me that night when I was 12 years old. And it would be another 20 years. Before I made him Lord of my life. Light exposes darkness. And darkness represents judgment. John 3, starting verse 19. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it, for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light, so others can see that they are doing what God wants. That's why I do this. That's why I share the gospel. I tell people about him. I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't have my wife. I shouldn't have my two sons. I shouldn't have daughter-in-laws. I shouldn't have my grandson. And every day I think about that, that I threw that all away. For pursuit of my life, my choices, fame and fortune. I was on the verge at that point in New York. My acting career was taking off. My bodyguard career was making me a lot of money. I was a sought-after trainer. I was living what would appear to be the life, but I was miserable. I was dead inside. I was filled with darkness. I was dying from the inside out. And then once he saved me, Once I met him, 
and never miss an opportunity to shine his light. It bothers me that there are people that have chosen condemnation and judgment. They've chosen to live the lives that they live. They've chosen to reject him based upon whatever reason. Personal. Oh, I've met so many hypocrites in the church. Yeah, what's your point? What's your point? What does that got to do with you? I'm not asking you to join a church. I'm asking you to come meet him. There, there's so many excuses. Oh, I don't have time. It's not for me. Whatever. I experienced this. I experienced that. Stop. Stop with the excuses. That's the great thing about being me and being from New York. I can step on your toes. I don't care. I'm, I'm just going to tell you. Hey, you're drowning. You want a lifesaver? I've got it. His name is Yeshua. People just want to practice sin. Hey, this feels too good. I'm young. I want to, I need to get this out of my system. Yeah, you, know, you could get in your car and your, what's coming out of your system is your soul. And it's going to spend time in the darkness before it spends eternity in the lake of fire. I don't, I don't care what your reasons are, but I will tell you this. Your choice is your choice. The light has come. The Son, S-O-N, of righteousness, His righteousness, is the Son, S-U-N, the light of the world. He's the fountain of light. He's a fountain of life. He radiates, He diffuses His benevolence everywhere, favoring men, favoring women, favoring young and old with a clear, full revelation of God's divine will. That God so loved you that he died for you. The light has come. But we're watching in a world right now, May 25th, 2022. We're watching a world that loves darkness. Turn on streaming TV. Turn on the news. Get on the internet. People prefer sin to holiness. Hasatan to Messiah. They prefer hell to heaven. They prefer death to life because their deeds are evil. That's why I say you can't legislate against evil. Laws have always been around, and there have always been robbers and murderers and cutthroats who do what they do without fear of judgment or recrimination that have been deceived by the enemy to do what they do, and then they step off into eternity, and there's a very long eternal oops but right now they're unafraid. They're unconcerned. And I, you know, I said this to somebody yesterday about what's going on in the world. And I don't talk about this a whole lot. When we had reflections in the dark on Sunday night, I used to talk about it a lot with Joe. I used to share what I was seeing and hearing in the Spirit. I don't, I don't feel led to do that here. But I will tell you this. I live this life. My wife can confirm it. Others can. I live this life 24-7. And I will tell you, the enemy right now is completely unafraid and unconcerned about being seen. If people tell you that the, the, the Satan and the fallen and their demonic offspring are afraid of the church, they're lying to you. And I'm not telling you that to, to make you fearful, 
I'm telling you this to wake wake you up. There are predatory entities out there, supernatural beings that are not afraid of us. They're not afraid of the coming judgment. They're not afraid of prophecy being fulfilled. To them, this is their time. They've been waiting for it, and they're going to enjoy it. They're nuts. They're evil. Stop ascribing human emotions to them. We are living in a time of lawlessness, darkness, and evil. And the only thing that's going to counter that is the Son of the living God, shining off of us as a blessing to humanity. And you know what? It shines on everyone. Doesn't matter. Everyone, just like the sun above, the, the, the scripture says it shines on everyone. The rain comes down, the flowers grow for everyone. This sun shines on everyone. Anybody who wants it. But if anyone chooses to sleep during the day, who, boy, I gotta watch my words here. Hallelujah. Uh, This is completely me. It's always me, but I have notes in front of me. This is not in my notes. I, I don't know why you come here on Wednesdays. I don't know why you listen. I don't know why you download, but I want you to know this. I care about you. I care about your families if I know about them. I care about your eternity. I care about your safety. I get angry. I mean, really, righteously angry when I hear what the enemy is doing. It's not easy for me to stand down, but I am under orders from the captain of the host to wait for his command to go. But I care about you. It bothers me. It hurts me when the enemy is having its way. But if you choose to sleep during the day, to live the nightlife, the spiritual nightlife, if you choose to do those things, you do so at your own peril. And you have no excuse. His chastisement, his punishment, is a a necessary consequence to unconstrained actions. So many people I have crossed paths with over the years that I've had to watch their choices, knowing full well that at some point their choices would result in bad consequences. And sometimes the Lord would tell me. But I'll give you this inside information. But I have found from the time of their sin or their actions, he gives them a year of grace. He gives them a year of grace before he allows judgment to fall. But there's a light. And people refuse to walk in it. They choose to walk in darkness. They choose the enjoyment. They choose the the pleasure and the gratification. But what they're doing is breaking his rules. And rules that are there to better us. They have refused the mercy offered them. And by their own actions, 
are convicting themselves, condemning themselves, and setting themselves up for punishment. I do not believe he punishes anyone. I don't believe he sends anyone to hell. He simply reads from his book the choice people have made. John 3.36, he who believes in the Son has everlasting life. He who does not believe in the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. In his first coming, he offered us the opportunity to be saved. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, he's coming again. And the indications to me are, it's soon. Oh, I know. Oh, Richard, we've always heard that. People have always felt that. Yeah, but since Israel became a nation in 1947, prophecy is being fulfilled at an exponential rate. Can't seem to forget what the angel said to Daniel, that people would be running about to and fro seeking knowledge. When When we lay all the prophecies down and we look and analyze them, we are in the end times. We are in what I believe to be the prelude of the days of Noah. So, if we don't shine, what's going to happen? John 1, starting verse 12 says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. That's what happened to me October 9th, 1988. I was born again. I was born from above. I just wish my body and my DNA had done it too, but that'll happen when I get the new body. My spirit, man, is born again. There are no excuses for not accepting Messiah. None. Free will equals choice. And as I said, we choose our eventual outcome. But the ultimate reason why people don't choose the Lord, don't come to the Lord, is because they don't want to. And that's the other thing I've learned. You can't make somebody do anything. You can tell them the truth in love. You can offer it to them. They make a choice. You move on. That's what the Lord did. People will see the truth. It took me a little while from the time I saw it to act on it. I had a journey to make. Unfortunately, it hurt people. And I can't go back and undo that. First John 1 John 1.5 This is the message we have heard from Yeshua, John says. And now declare it to you, God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. And we, you and I, get to live in that light. Isn't that, isn't that glorious? I mean, I want to live on the beach. My wife and I want to live on the beach and I believe it'll happen. We want to live in the light and the salt and the sun and the wonder of all that, but the truth is we're already living in the light because we believe and we're born again and we want to be seen. So what I'm trying to get you to do, to be seen, stop hiding your light, tell people the truth, stop agreeing with them that they're a natural solution to a spiritual answer, to a spiritual problem. Yeshua is the light. And he reveals what we are. We're either of God or not. 
and he demands that we believe in him and come to the light or we reject him and remain in darkness. There's no neutral position. There's no one leg in, one leg out, do the hokey pokey, shake it all. No, there's none of that. We've been confronted with the truth. And if we refuse to believe and we continue to live our lifestyles, then we say we prefer darkness rather than light. That's what depravity is. That's what debauchery is. Wickedness, evil, sin, rejection of God and the ways of God. He's the light of the world. Evil is darkness. That's Hasatan and the fallen. He is the source of light, all light, both natural and supernatural. And it exposes everything for what it is. We're seeing a lot of exposure in the world right now. A lot of exposure in America. God's in the exposing business. He's exposing the church. Judgment begins at the house of the Lord. People are given a chance to repent. They're given a chance to get right. But he's pointing a way to redemption. And that gets us back to being beacons in a dark world. You are the light of the world. You're the instrument that he has chosen to illuminate the minds of men and women, brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, mothers and fathers, husbands and wives. You, without compromise, without condemnation, are the light that can guide them out of that darkness. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. My earthly father walked out when I was six. My adopted father, my mother remarried. I adopt, he, he adopted me and I carry on his name. But my father's in heaven. My Abba Father is the creator of the universe. And that's who I represent. That's whose son I am. And that's who I, through everything I do, to the best of my ability, try to glorify. So that I can show others there's hope. And I listen to the warnings. Don't do anything that jeopardizes that. We are subject to the kingdom. The kingdom of God. We are witnesses through faith. Personal example, personal testimonies to the kingdom. We are radiating the power of the living God through us, through his Holy Spirit, that he is the source of life, and Messiah in us is the hope of glory. Titus 2.14, he gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. We have hope because somebody else was a beacon in a dark world. Let your light shine. I've read the story many years ago. I fell upon it again. I want to share it. In the Alps in Switzerland is a s- obscure village. It has a castle and a church that is a rough-hewn stone that you reach by walking up worn steps on the mountainside. 
And the peculiar thing about this building is that it doesn't have a lighting system and never has had one. So there was a traveler who heard the church bell ringing and saw people coming out of their homes into the narrow streets, each carrying a little bronze lamp filled with oil and having a wick. So she approached a worshiper and said, "Um, I'm a stranger here. Will you tell me why you're carrying a lamp to go to church? And the woman said, why, yes, I'd be happy to. Years ago, a duke lived in that castle. He built the church, endowed it, and asked that each worshiper bring its own lamp, his own lamp. The traveler replied, I should think that would keep folks from attending the evening services. And, and the woman she was speaking to said, oh no, it works just the other way. It's called the Church of the Lighted Lamps. Everybody that goes makes it a little brighter. So when anybody's tempted to stay home or go somewhere else, he remembers that the old church needed everybody's lamp. And if your lamp isn't there, there's so much less light. Your light is needed. We need you to shine now more than ever. We need you to be what he needs for us to be. The church has got to wake up. But I believe it's the remnant that's going to do this job. We're going to reflect him. We're going to push back the darkness. We're going to do everything that we possibly can to show people the way. So, Father, I come to you now as your son, as your servant, madly in love with you. wanting to shine brighter, wanting to do more. I pray that each one of your children would feel that in their hearts, that they would know you that way, that whatever hinders them, whatever wrappings of the past and false teachings and scars and all the things that hinder them from having that right now by the power of the Holy Spirit be burned clean off of them so they are new candles, new wicks, new lamps, and they know that their light is needed, and there's so much less light when they're not there and when they're not shining. I pray right now, Lord, that you're speaking to them, that you're touching them, that you're changing them, that you're pulling them out of the darkness into the light, pulling them out of the shadows into your glory, redeeming them, rescuing them, restoring them so that we can do what you've called us to do, destroy a work of the enemy, set the captives free, to be light in a dark world, to be beacons of hope, to be beacons in a dark world before you come back. Help us, Lord, help us this day. We pray for those families in Texas and families everywhere that have been victimized by the fallen, by Hasatan, by the demons by darkness. We pray that you'd redeem them, you'd heal them, you'd save them, and restore them. And I pray all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Give you shalom.
shine. Be the light of the world. I'm Richard Grund. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio.